Lord, everybody. This is Pastor Fields here. Once again, we have come together for the purpose of going into the word of the Lord. I want to thank you for allowing me to come into your homes, to your automobiles, wherever you are, whatever space you're occupying. I'm grateful to the Lord that you have allowed me to come in and fellowship with you. Uh, the Lord has been so good to us. He's been keeping us uh, and I honor the Lord and worship him always because of his goodness, his grace, and his mercy. I thank God for the people of God here in Washington, D.C., Ready Refuge Temple, and the Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx, New York. Uh, bless all of you and thank you. I want to give the saints of God an opportunity to come on in as we prepare our hearts and minds to go into the word of the Lord. Let's have a word of prayer, shall we? Father, we love you and we thank you. You've been so good to us. Yes, you have. You've kept us. You've been watching over us. And I ask, Lord, that you would walk among us as we come together as your children, as your people, and go into your wonderful word. Touch our hearts and minds, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as you know, this month is... Women's History Month, and as promised, I have been going into the Word of the Lord and uh, using women in scriptures to pull out a particular lesson uh, from those passages of scripture, and the Lord has been blessing us. Uh, first lesson of this month, uh, we dealt with the woman who broke the alabaster box. I'm say that was Mary Magdalene. Um, they were in Simon the leper's house, and my subject was only the best for Jesus. Then uh, the following week, we talked about difficult conversations. Uh, Abigail, uh, Sister Abigail, First Samuel, the 25th chapter. Uh, and tonight, we're going to talk about Lydia. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Acts tonight, chapter 16. And my subject uh, for tonight uh, is service and hospitality. Service and hospitality. And we're in the book of Acts, the 16th chapter. And as you know, Acts talks about the growth of the church, the falling of the Holy Ghost. Uh, it also deals with the persecution of the church, the growth of the church. Uh, and how God used their pain, their struggles to multiply the church. No matter what kind of problems, no matter what kind of uh, duress, no matter what the enemy did, the church continued to grow. The church is triumphant. And uh, also the ministry of Paul, the Apostle Paul talks to us about his travels and how the Lord used him to minister to the Gentiles. He was the apostle to the Gentiles. So um, have you ever uh, felt like um, you knew what God was calling you to do? Uh, or that I should say that he was calling you to do something, but it didn't uh, necessarily come out the way that you thought it would come out. And when you answered the call of God, uh, you were excited, energized. You know, when the Lord starts dealing with us, you get excited. Oh, God is calling me to do this, calling me to do that. 
uh, and you're energized about the possibility of service. Um, and if you were anything like me, you were excited and couldn't wait uh, to get started. Uh, couldn't wait to do what the Lord was pulling at you to do. Uh, but when you started it, it, it was nothing like what you expected. And um, sometimes our heart is willing to serve the Lord, uh, but our circumstances cause us to draw back. I know there's some things I went through. Uh, had it not been for God's grace, I, I would have pulled all the way back. Sometimes I did pull back and the Lord had to deal with me. Um, but sometimes if, we, if we're truthful uh, and if we were able to really testify and give our true testimony, uh, you would have to tell some people that there were times in your service uh, in the work of the Lord uh, that you pulled away because of circumstances. Well, Paul, of course, those of us who have studied his life, uh, Paul was in a similar situation in one of his missionary journeys. Uh, as I said, he was the apostle to the Gentiles. Um, and so I can start out by saying even, even when you are serving God uh, and when you are going and doing uh what he wants you to do and going where he wants you to go, um, you never really know what the results are going to be. Sure, you promise victory, but uh, those little intricate things, those, those little uh, circumstances, the bumps and the grooves, you know, you don't know everything. And that, that might bother you. Uh, and you don't know how things are going to turn out. But God knows. God knows. So here is where um, we're talking about service and hospitality. Let's, let's deal with service, the, the perspective of service. Uh, because, um, and, and let me, let me read first. Now, you'll need to read verses 1 through 15, but I'm in chapter 16. Uh, and it will talk about, um, well, I'll read verses 1 through 15. Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, and believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren, that there at Lystra and Iconium, him would Paul have to go forth with him, and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which are in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the degrees for the keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. So the church is growing. He's preaching to Gentiles. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not, and they, passing by Mysia, came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision immediately, he endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with the straight course, the Samothracia, 
and the next day to Neapolis, I'm sorry, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that port or part of Macedonia, and the colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her house, behold, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. So here prior uh, to the verses we just read, Paul received what was known as uh, the Macedonian call. He gets that dream, you know. He's traveling, he's preaching, and there were certain areas the Holy Ghost told him not to go into. He only went where the Holy Ghost told him to go. The Holy Ghost don't want me to go, I'm not going. That's a lesson for somebody. But here, uh, he receives a call to go to Macedonia. The Lord leads him, he gets a call. Come over here. Uh, he sees that vision. Come over here into Macedonia, and um, he sees a vision of a man pleading with him to come and help him. And Paul answers the call um, along with Silas and Luke. I know Silas was with him because uh, traveling with Silas and, and Dr. Luke, uh, oftentimes because of preaching the gospel, he would get himself in trouble. And Silas was with him. Remember when they had to go to jail because they would not stop preaching and he cast the demon out of the woman who had a spirit of divination. But uh, according to the scripture and what we've just read, they took the journey uh, described here in this particular passage. Um, I don't know what Paul must have thought when he received such a call, a powerful vision, uh, only uh, that once he received the vision, he arrives in the major city. Uh, he comes up into Philippi. And when he gets to Philippi, he discovers that there is no synagogue. And remember uh, what they normally did, the apostles, because the scripture says to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. The first thing Paul or the apostles would do whenever they went to, into a city, they would look for a synagogue, right? Uh, they would go to the chosen people. They would go into the synagogue and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But when he gets into Philippi, uh, he discovers that there is no synagogue. Now, Jewish law required, in order to have a synagogue, they had to be 10 males, 10 men for a synagogue to be formed. Um, he could not find 10 God-fearing Jews in the whole city of Philippi. Uh, but in his vision, remember, he sees a man calling him uh, to Macedonia. Well, uh, if, if I was Paul, I would have been wondering, of course, where is that man? And perhaps he was thinking this man uh, uh, perhaps is a Jew calling me to come in and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, but to further complicate the situation, 
inscribed on the arches outside of the city of Philippi, right? If you uh, take a look at their history, uh, outside of the arches, which would be outside of the city, was a prohibition or a law written against bringing any unrecognized religion in the city. So it was a law and it was posted on the arches outside the city. Do not bring your religion into this city. If we don't know about it, if we don't accept it, don't bring it in here, don't preach it, don't teach it, right? So it, it, it made even things more difficult for Paul. Um, so there's a prohibition against bringing any unrecognized religion. Uh, so this may explain why there was a Jewish prayer meeting by the riverside. It might explain why they were going to the riverside uh, to come together and to pray. So that prayer meeting was held outside of Philippi by the banks of the river. Uh, and having been trained, Paul, by the Jews to be a leader among Jews, uh, he would have been well acquainted also with their views uh, concerning women. So um, here's something that they were taught. The rabbis, the teachers, the Jewish teachers were known uh, by saying it's better that the words of the law be burned uh, that be delivered to a woman. Uh, they were hard on women, hard pressed. Uh, and even the rabbis would say it's, it's better that the words of the law be burned. Uh, than to be delivered to a woman. And so the fact now that Paul, by the river, he couldn't find any uh, devout Jewish men. He had to have 10 in order to, to establish a church or a synagogue. Uh, and if he had established one, found 10 Jewish men to establish a church or synagogue, the first thing would have out of his mouth would be, have you been saved? Have you been redeemed? He would not have preached the Ten Commandments. He would have preached Jesus Christ. Uh, but here he is. Uh, he couldn't find 10 men, but he's here by the banks of the river, and he's preaching the gospel to women. Yes, to women. There were women there praying by the banks of the river. The fact that Paul now was willing to speak to these women indicates he no longer held that view. He was seeing folks get delivered, male and female, bond and free. Uh, whether they were um, any, it didn't matter what color they were, he was preaching the gospel uh, in Italy. He was preaching the gospel in, in different areas, wherever the Holy Ghost told him to go. And people, regardless of their race, their creed, their color, their culture, God was filling them with the Holy Ghost. Uh, but listen, the lack of a synagogue, uh, there was no influence in the city, a prohibition against his religion, and a prayer meeting at a riverbank uh, doesn't really seem to be a good formula for revival, does it? But he preached it anyway. Uh, he preached to those women. He talked to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so listen, what you and I may say or see as a dangerous or hostile situation really can be an opportunity for the kingdom of God. Uh, remember what Esther said. Uh, remember these words? Uh, actually, Mordecai said it to her. He said, who knows? Uh, 
that you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. You might be right in the middle of, of mess. It's hostile. Uh, but the word is in your mouth. The anointing is on your life. And God has you there for a reason. So um, here is a, a, a problem that often occurs. A lot of times people are too quick to allow uh, circumstances to define their level of service to God, right? You know, if it's too hard, well, I won't praise him much or I won't talk too much about Jesus and you're letting that situation dictate your service. So uh, even before I get into the meat of the lesson, if, if things get hard, um, look for a way out. God, God is with you. Look for a way out. Lord, I'm in here. Uh, what are you going to do with me while I'm in here? Uh, take me out, take me through. Uh, well, listen, what you shouldn't look for is an opportunity to diminish uh, your service. You shouldn't look for an excuse to shut down, but use that situation to give more, to do more. Um, and don't worry about people's reaction or their response to your testimony or the message that God has given you. If, if people don't respond immediately, uh, don't, don't look for a, a, another plan or a gimmick. Just do what God told you to do. Listen, if, if, if Paul had, had got caught up in the pressure and what was going on around him, uh, he would have bailed out and said, I'm leaving this town. I'm getting out of here. But he understood that service for God is always about faithfulness to God, not results. The results are God's business. Hallelujah. I felt that. The results are God's business. Yeah. So a lot of times we talk about building churches, growing churches, and growing ministries. Uh, as if it's something that we can do. But one plants, one waters, uh, but God gives the increase. The increase is God's business. The results of your sermon, the results of your service, that is God's business. And you might be in a place just like Paul, uh, to look at things around you and ask, uh, am I in the right place, Lord? I'm ministering to somebody right now. Am, am I in the right place? There's too much stuff going around here. Am I where I'm supposed to be? Am I doing really what you want me to do? And the circumstances may be overwhelming, uh, but don't give. Don't be so quick to throw in the towel. Don't be so quick to give up. Don't be so quick to start fussing it. No, um, because in this lesson, we're getting ready to find out uh, that even if only one person comes to Christ because of your service, uh, even if you only get one amen, hallelujah, it makes all the difference because the results are God's business. So that brings me to the pattern of service. Uh, the Macedonian call, we understand by reading uh, this chapter, was not about huge numbers. There was only one convert, only one convert in the beginning of Paul's ministry in this area, uh, a woman by the name of Lydia. Yes. 
But um, the Lord would use her greatly to aid Paul. And now we know very little about her except for the fact uh, that she comes from a place called Thyatira. And this city was known for burnished bronze and brass and purple cloth. Now, uh, and we also know that she was a businesswoman. Now, you've heard of uh, entrepreneurs. She was a faithpreneur. That's a new word I learned in, in preparing for this lesson. She was a faithpreneur. Um, she sold expensive uh, purple fabric, uh, but you'll see also in the word of God that she was a worshiper. And since she was a Gentile, uh, her exposure in a traditional synagogue would have been severely limited. But here at the riverbank, she had found a place to belong. So um, we talked a little bit about service, and we're going to dig into this uh, because she was a woman known not only for service, uh, but hospitality. And now Paul has started this church, uh, and he only has one convert in the beginning, as forestated, and her name is Lydia. Let's get into this, because uh, the actual story of Lydia's conversion is contained in two verses only, right? And we're in Acts chapter 16, verses 14 and 15 now. Listen to these words, or read along with me. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us, or persuaded us. So uh, here is the conversion. In two verses talks about the conversion of Lydia. It is told with uh, simplicity and there is a beauty about this. Paul evidently felt just as happy in ministering to a few God-fearing women. Yeah, uh, it was not tradition. Normally uh, he would have to find 10 men in order to establish a synagogue or he would go to a synagogue that was already established and preach the gospel. But here he's preaching to a group of God-fearing women uh, and he had to preach to them just like he would preach to a crowd. We got, we got some preachers and folks that can only do in the crowd. You can only preach to a thousand, but if you, if you have two or three, you don't want to minister. Uh, but I was raised as a young minister, that if you can't preach to two, you don't deserve to preach to 200. My, my. Um, so he's preaching to a group of God-fearing women. Um, in all probability, listen to my notes, there's, there would have been no synagogue in Philippi, a Gentile city. So here by the riverside, these women met for prayer at regular times. And Paul recognized a God-given opportunity for preaching the gospel to them. And the four stated one of them, uh, her name was called Lydia. And this is what we know of her. The Lord opened her heart. Yes. Now listen, 
uh, when the jailer was converted in this chapter, there's an earthquake. When Lydia came to know the Lord, it was silent. What are you saying, preacher? Well, it's, it's different experience. Some, some people may have heard a loud voice. Some people saw a light. Paul saw a bright light, right? The jailer, uh, in chapter 16, it was after the earthquake and everyone's chains were loosed. Uh, I don't know what your experience was or where you were when you met Jesus uh, or when you heard the word, but there was a change in your life. Uh, listen, uh, when she came to the Lord, there was an unemotional move. You know, some people, when they come to the Lord, they're yelling and screaming. Some people, when they come to the Lord, they'll sit there and just rock from side to side in tears will come down their face. The results of hearing the gospel are different. Uh, and when I say the response, some people yell and scream, uh, but some people just cry and sit silent. The Holy Ghost is moving upon them. Uh, so God works differently with different people. Yes, he does. Uh, and I believe it's because the Lord understands our background. He understands our personalities. He understands our temperament. Uh, and he knows just how to meet our deep need and the way to approach us during our need. So you see some people during praise and worship, uh, they might judge somebody because they're not jumping and yelling and screaming. But it doesn't mean that they haven't been touched by God. I've learned uh, that, that sometimes even in the stillness of worship, uh, people are just sitting there meditating. The Holy Ghost is sweeping through the building or ministering to people. Uh, don't judge people's reactions to the move of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Because God knows each of us individually. Uh, he knows what we need. Uh, so the important thing uh, is to know that we have been converted that we have been delivered, that we have been changed. Um, listen, um, even if you don't remember the time or, or the place, uh, and, and, you know, uh, I just know that the Lord changed my life. He changed my life. He changed my life. Put that in uh, the comment section. God changed my life. Yes, he did. Hallelujah. Yes, he did. So are you able to say now that I trust in the Lord? Uh, let's go to 2 Timothy 1 and 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded. I'm constrained. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Has the Lord hope opened your heart? Hallelujah. Has he entered into your life? Yeah, let's go to 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. Examine yourselves then. Whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you? Uh, you got to know that there's been a change in your life, that the Holy Spirit is abiding on the inside. He said, except ye be reprobates. Hallelujah, except there's no move of God in your life. Uh, but there's some things about Lydia we're going to talk about on tonight uh, that proves that there was a change in her life. She was the first convert. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, 
It doesn't say anywhere where Paul pouted and where Paul complained. I, I didn't have a crowd. No, he stood by the banks of the river, and we know that he joined them in prayer because that's where the woman of divination uh, followed them eventually, and he had to cast the spirit out. But here, the first convert, a woman by the name of Lydia, she was a faithpreneur. Yeah, she had a, a business. She was a, a woman of God. She believed God. She believed in the word of God. Uh, so let's dig into this uh, because we understand that although Lydia was an obscure and humble woman, it was through her open heart that God was able to pass into Europe. The gospel of Jesus Christ now is, is, has left Jerusalem and made it into Thyatira. He's in Europe now. She was a native of Thyatira and a seller of purple. Uh, mm -hmm. She was a businesswoman, but her name would not have hit the headlines in Holy Scripture had it not been for God's dealings with her. Let's go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, 26 through 29. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised have God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that flesh should, that no flesh rather should glory in his presence. Uh, so here Paul, Paul is writing something very powerful, hallelujah. Uh, he says, talking about the calling talking about the calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God chooses uh, those foolish things. He chooses those people that uh, you would think he would not choose, right? In this case, uh, he chose a woman to be the first convert uh, of this church of Thyatira in, in this area of Europe. Um, it wasn't the normal beginning. And I, I need to talk to somebody right here. Stop looking for the normal. Stop, stop looking at statistics. Yeah, stop, stop looking at what usually would happen because God wants to do some unusual things in your life. He, wants, he doesn't just want to give you favor. He wants to give you an unusual favor. Yeah, he wants to do something that he has not done before. Uh, so now uh, the first one, the beginning of the church starts with a woman by the name of Lydia, a businesswoman, uh, a faithpreneur. Uh, so listen, God delights to choose ordinary people and use them for his glory. The significant thing for us to notice here is that when God wanted to enter into a new continent, right? When he wanted to open a new door, go into an area that the gospel had not yet been preached, he said, I don't want to go into Asia yet. I want to go into Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's notice here that when God wanted to enter into a new continent so that multitudes of people in that continent might be saved, he chose Lydia as a channel. Hallelujah. 
He chose Lydia as a channel through whom he would work, just like uh, he would choose other people in other areas uh, to be the spark, to be the first. Hallelujah. Listen, just think about what God could do through one life when he gains complete control and is yielded to. Think about what God can do with just one person. We Sometimes we look for uh, the multitude. We look for thousands to come at one time, but sometimes God just, I just want to save one right now. Just I just want to change one person's life and that'll be the spark. Hallelujah. That will create an influx. Uh, just think about what he could do with one person. And sometimes when we look for a crowd, we overlook the person that God wants to deal with at this particular time. Yeah. So the second thing, listen, Lydia uh, was a worshiper of God even before Jesus entered into her life. She was a worshiper. She was a worshiper. And I know some people might struggle with this. Well, um, you say she was a worshiper, but in order to be a worshiper, uh, you have to have a relationship with Jesus. Well, let's just say she wasn't close enough. All right, she wasn't, she wasn't close enough, but we read in the scriptures uh, that she was at prayer meeting. So you can argue, well, she wasn't where she, sh she should have been, uh, but listen, she was in prayer. We got a whole lot of so-called safe folk, tongue talkers, yabba-dabba-doo, but you don't go to prayer. You don't like to go to prayer meeting, but she went to prayer. She was obviously sincere in her religious observances. So she wasn't close enough, but she went to prayer. Uh, she was not born again yet. She was not born again yet. John 3 and 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. She had not yet been saved, no. Nope. Not yet been saved. John 5 and 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. She had not heard the gospel yet, but she was a devout believer, trusting in God, but she was getting ready to get that change that she needed in her life. Mm -hmm. Her heart had not yet been open uh, and welcomed to the Savior. Uh, let me read out of John chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. You get where I'm going? Uh, he couldn't find 10 men to start a synagogue. Uh, but he did find a group of women who came by the riverbanks outside of Philippi, right, to preach the gospel. And he preached to these women. And this woman from Thyatira was the first convict, convict, convert, I'm sorry. But as many as received him, to them gave he power, but become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. How many people uh, are just like this? They're, they're in church. They may participate in particular things, uh, but they are not close enough. Second Timothy 3 and 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. 
So you see, God had a plan. You're close, but not close enough. Hallelujah. You know of me, but you don't know me. Um, so it was God's plan. There's some women down there that have been praying, but I want them to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I know what we normally do. I know you normally look for men, uh, but there's some women down there, hallelujah, that are have been praying daily. And I want you to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, they're sincere people, yes, and that regularly attend church. There are sincere people that, that have been going to church. You tune in during this pandemic to church. As a matter of fact, you go from church to church. Click, 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 click. Hallelujah. But you're not close enough. Glory. Yes. One thing that would bring you close enough, that would really establish that relationship that you need to have is the presence of God in your life, the Holy Ghost. And those of us who have the Holy Ghost can tell you once you get the Holy Ghost, you don't want anything else. Nothing else can satisfy. Hallelujah. You'll even want to get even closer and closer. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's the thing that makes you a child of God. Uh, so she knew of him, but now through the gospel of Jesus Christ, she wouldn't know him. Her life was going to change, uh, but she was in prayer and she was a worshiper, but her worship was getting ready to go to another level. Hallelujah. What makes the difference is the presence of the Lord Jesus in your heart and in your life. Let's go to Revelation 3 and 20. Behold, he says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. So Paul was bringing the gospel and the Lord was knocking on her door. Hallelujah. Yes, the Lord was knocking on her door. Hallelujah. When she would receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, her life would never be the same. So she listened to the gospel. We know that she listened to the gospel. We know from reading these scriptures that she heard the word of the Lord. She heard God's word. Thank you. Acts 16 and 14, it says, hallelujah, a certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us. She heard us. She heard what we said about Jesus, whose heart the Lord opened. Hallelujah. That she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul's. She did whatever Paul told her to do according to the gospel. Hallelujah. She did what he told her to do. She was baptized in Jesus' name. She repented of her sins. She did what the gospel told her to do. She listened to the gospel and the Lord saved her soul. Yes, he did. Hallelujah. He saved her soul. So then faith cometh by hearing. Romans 10 and 17. And hearing by the word of God. I don't know what she was listening to before. Perhaps she was listening uh, uh, words from the Talmud. She was praying to her God. Hallelujah. She was worshiping God, but she really did not know him like she needed to know him. When she heard the gospel, she did what Paul told her to do. You need to repent of your sins. I know you go to church. 
Hallelujah. I know you come by here praying, but you need to know God in a different way, a better way. I want to bring you into the fold. Do what the gospel tells you to do. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So Lydia hearing the gospel in faith becoming to operative, uh, the operative strength in her heart. She heard the gospel. Her faith was ignited. Hallelujah. Now um, she's hearing the word. She's hearing stuff she hadn't heard before. I didn't know it, would, it could be like this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I got the Holy Ghost, when I heard the gospel, and listen, I was raised in the church, but when I heard it, I heard it. There's a difference, there's a difference between hearing it and really hearing it. Uh, when that gospel started getting a grip of my heart, and I said yes to the word of God, and that change came into my life, the Holy Ghost came into my life, and I sing that song with fervency. Life now is sweet and my joy is complete. I'm saved. Hallelujah. So listen, God works, the sovereign God works in the salvation of our souls, just like he did uh, with Lydia. She gave full attention to Paul's presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. She heard him say, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. She heard him say these words. Hallelujah. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. What's that name? Jesus. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And she heard Paul preach the gospel. He may have even declared, he's not preaching to the Roman church this time, but he may have even said it while he was ministering to these women by the riverbank. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. She heard about the person and work of Jesus Christ. And her mind was opened as a well. Hallelujah. And her heart was opened also. And she heard the word of Jesus, um, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and she, listen, uh, Paul even says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, uh, hallelujah, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. But with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So she heard the word of God. Yes, and I hear I hear the apostolics chattering back at me. Uh, I didn't forget the baptism and being filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, it says here in the scripture that she was baptized. I just didn't get to it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But her heart and her mind was open. Listen, the next thing is that Lydia didn't lose any time in confessing to her Lord. As soon as, she, as soon as she heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, she started confessing, Lord, forgive me. Yes, listen, she knew church, she knew prayer, she knew worship, but she didn't know Jesus until she heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as soon as she heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, she started confessing. Yeah, and we read, we read in these 
verses that she was baptized. She was baptized. She heard the gospel and she did what Paul, you need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, she was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to these words. Listen to these words. Verse 15, chapter 16 of Acts, verse 15. And when she was baptized, right? Listen, I'll, I'll, let me go back to, to 14. I'll start a, a woman named Lydia, a seller purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things. She did what Paul told in the word of God, was spoken to Paul. And because of this, it says she did what he said, verse 15, and when she was baptized, she was baptized, not just her, but her household. Somebody put it in the comment section. I've been telling the church here at GRTDC, the whole house, and I'm, I'm going to keep saying it, God's going to save the whole house. He's going to deliver the whole house. She heard the word. Yes, this faithpreneur, this businesswoman. Uh-huh, yep. She heard the gospel, and she's going to be the first convert, the first one to say yes to your will, yes to your way. Not only does she get baptized, but this verse says, and when she was baptized and her household. Yes, she was sort of saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. So uh, she believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. She was baptized. She received him as her savior. And she and baptism in itself is a confession, is an open confession that Jesus is my Lord. I want to be buried with him. Hallelujah. I want to change my life. I want a new life. I don't just want to be religious. I want to be saved. Hallelujah. So uh, here she is. Uh, it, 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 it's an ordained method of salvation, uh, repentance, baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. What a wonderful baptismal, baptismal service that must have been uh, in a river, hallelujah, just near the spot where she was converted. Uh, what a testimony to other people who may have seen her and all of these women in prayer. Right, and now they're watching her being baptized in that river. Hallelujah. What a wonderful service that might have been, or would have been, I'm sure. Hallelujah. Going down in Jesus' name. So her testimony was a blessing to everyone in her household. So she wasn't the only one that was baptized. My God, I just got a word for somebody. Listen. Hallelujah. For those of you who are the only one in your family that's baptized and saved and, and free, my Lord, God told me to tell you, you won't be the only one. Hallelujah. No. No, you won't be the only one for long. I'm going to deal with your whole house. Hold on to your testimony. Keep being an example. You might be the first one. But because of God's grace and his mercy, you won't be the only one in your family saved. My God, I'm praising God with you. If I'm talking to you, put it in the comment section. The whole house. It might have started with me, but God's going to save some more people in my family. Yes, he is. 
Hallelujah. He's doing some unconventional things. He's going to do things differently. He's not going to do it the way I thought he was going to do it. He's not going to pull them the way, hallelujah, I thought he was going to pull them. But if I can just hold on to my testimony, if I can just continue to be an example, God is going to pull the whole house into his kingdom. Glory. Her whole household was baptized, uh, which means, of course, that they also believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and their hearts also were open to receive him as their savior. And that same Holy Ghost, you know, because uh, back in the day, they didn't leave you alone until you sought the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. No, uh, except the man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So, so for those of you who just got baptized, but you're not seeking the Holy Ghost, you better seek the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Get everything that God has for you. So, uh, also, Lydia's faith showed itself in her deeds. Um, she, she was not just saved. She was not saved by good deeds because no one is saved in that way. Hallelujah. Just because you do good doesn't mean, uh, you know, that you're going to make it in. But her faith, her trust, her belief, uh, showed itself in her good deeds. Roman three, Romans 3 and 20. Um, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in, in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Uh, it says, by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So she was not saved by her good deeds. No, but her faith showed in what she did. Holly, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Uh, by doing what I'm doing, I'm doing because of my faith in God and what God has gifted me to do. Hallelujah. But even if I did all of this and did not know Christ as my Savior, uh, at the end of the day, it would mean nothing at all. Hallelujah. So she had a business, yes. She was a prayer and a worshiper, yes. Hallelujah. But because of the gospel, uh, she got to know God in a way that she never knew him before. Hallelujah. She was brought into the kingdom. And now instead of just being an entrepreneur, which is wonderful, she's a faithpreneur now. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. I'm a child of God. I'm not just in business to make money. And I thank God. And she was well to do. Uh, but she says, now I'm a child of God. I can do more than just sell you purple uh, garments. Hallelujah. I can talk to you about Jesus Christ. Yes, I can. Uh, that means much more. That means much more. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. James 2 and 20. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? So uh, now she's doing it through faith. 
Hallelujah. I'm not just doing it because I'm smart enough to do it, but I'm doing it, hallelujah, through faith. Uh, I'm new now. God, I know God in a different way, a better way. I'm closer, closer trying to get closer. Hallelujah. That's what living saved is all about. I'm closer trying to get even closer. Hallelujah. I felt that. I felt that in my spirit. Holy Ghost moved in me when I said, I'm closer trying to get even closer. Hallelujah. Listen, uh, there is, listen to my notes, and where there is true faith, there will be deeds to demonstrate the reality of that faith. So uh, now Lydia says, uh, why don't you come into my home? Because she's, she's moving in the area of service, yes, but now she's getting ready uh, to operate in the gift of hospitality. She said, why don't you come into my home? And Lydia's open home, listen, her open home was the evidence of her opened heart. Hallelujah. Listen, it takes a lot. People, you might think that's small, but it takes a lot uh, to have people in your house. Uh, and it has nothing to do with how rich or poor or anything, but it, it has to do with what you're used to. Uh, and, and opening the doors of your house uh, to show hospitality is a, is a big deal. And, and she had this gift of showing now. Uh, she's been converted. She's heard the gospel. Hallelujah. She's been delivered. She's, she's free. Uh, she's closer, trying to get even closer. Uh, and now her deeds of opening up the, of her house uh, is, is the evidence of her open heart. Remember Zacchaeus? Uh, evidence of his open heart or his conversion uh, was restitution, was the evidence of his conversion. Luke, uh, quickly, let's go to Luke. Um, chapter 19, verse 18. And the second came saying, Lord, thy pound have gained five pounds. I read the wrong verse. Luke, uh, Luke 19 and the eighth verse. I'm sorry. Listen, we're talking about Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. So evidence of his his conversion was restitution. He had he had taken from people. He you know, uh, he was taking money from folks left and right. Uh, and but when he met Jesus, his life changed. And he said, "Lord, I I need to make these things right." And that's that's something when when God starts dealing with you, when when you start hanging out with Jesus, uh, things change. Your behavior changes. Your thoughts change. Uh, so. Um, the jailer, uh, you know, after Paul and Silas were delivered from, from the jailhouse and all the prisoners were released, uh, but the jailer received uh, a conversion, a change, evidence of his conversion. Let's go to Acts 16. We're still in the 16th chapter of Acts, uh, 33 and 34. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. This is what happened after uh, Paul and Silas Let's, let's back up a little bit. Hallelujah. Because Paul and Silas preached to the jailer, right, after, after everyone has been released and the, and the jailer feels like he's going to be killed now because not just Paul and Silas, but everybody was set free. 
And he comes back shaking in his boots, fearful for his life. Not only would he be killed, but his whole family, his whole family would have been put to death. Hallelujah. And after Paul and Silas finished preaching to him, listen, he said, and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And the answer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm in Acts, the 16th chapter, verse 31. And thou shalt be saved. Listen, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your house. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> My God, I feel good in my spirit. Put it in the comment section. My whole house is going to be saved. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night. Listen to what he did. Listen to what he did because they had been beaten, right? Their backs were open with, with stripes and sores. They may have even had scabs now. They were, Paul and Silas were whipped really bad in the jail. But the jailer, after hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, and hearing that God was going to save him and his whole house, he took them the same hour of the night and he washes their back. Their stripes. And listen, after he washed their backs, tended to their wounds, it says, and was baptized. Hashemah glory he and all his straightway immediately baptized me i've been down in jesus name i've been down in jesus name i don't care what the world says about it i feel like having church i've been down in jesus name straightway they were baptized yes the whole house the whole house. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them. So he washed their backs, tended to their wounds. They got baptized. Then he brought them in the house and he fed them. Hallelujah. He set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Listen, what's going on with you is not just, it's not just about you. Hallelujah. God is getting ready to do things for those who are connected to you. I feel like preaching in here. I feel like putting this paper down and just going to preaching. The whole house took one convert. Hallelujah. And we're talking about Lydia. Just one convert. Hallelujah. And that one convert opened the door for people to be saved in Europe. So Lydia's one desire. Lydia's one desire was to be faithful to her Lord. This is clearly stated in the 15th verse uh, of the book of Acts, chapter 16. And in the 15th verse it says, And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Come into my house so I can show you some hospitality. That's even what the jailer did, right? Uh, he got a word from the Lord. He and his family were going to be saved and delivered. Hallelujah. So he serves the men of God. He tends their wounds, and then he shows them hospitality. Lydia, we see this first with her, right? 
Her whole house is baptized. The promise, according to the book of Acts chapter 2, the promise is unto you and to those who are far off and to your children and those who are far off, meaning another generations of your family. I'm not just going to save you. I want to save your children. I want to save your grandchildren. I want to save your great-grandchildren, even after you're gone. Hallelujah. Because I took you and opened the door, and they've seen your example. I'm going to save even your great-great-great-great-grandchildren. Hallelujah. The promise is unto you, and all them chilling, <laughs> to all of your household. I'm not just talking about those who are living under your roof but to the next generations of your family. I want to save them too. So it's clearly stated in verse 15 that she intended to be faithful to her Lord and she longed to be true to the one who had done so much for her. Hallelujah. My God, what is your consuming desire now that you've been delivered, now that you've heard a word, now that you're just more than what you were. You're much greater now because of your conversion, because of the gospel, because of your saved life now. What is your consuming desire? Hallelujah. How are you going to serve? How are you going to show hospitality? Hallelujah. Listen, you start out by being faithful to the one that delivered you, the one that set you free at all costs, at all costs. Listen, no matter what happens, at all costs, fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast even some of you in prison. So don't stop serving because of the pressure, right? Paul could have given in. There's, there's, a, there's something, it, it wasn't pasted by, by papyrus or paper, but it was inscribed in the arches outside the city. Don't bring this religion into our city, but he so he stands by the banks of the river. Hallelujah. And he still got put in prison eventually. Hasha. But the work had already started. Lydia and her whole house now are filled, yes, baptized and saved and delivered. Hallelujah. And she's from Thyatira. So she had to step back into Thyatira. So now the word is in Europe. And you know there was a church in Thyatira because we read about it uh, in the book of Revelation. And she's the very first member. My God. My God. So here we are, a model of service and hospitality. A model of service and hospitality. So, um, Let's close out with this because we need to talk a little bit about hospitality. Uh, and, and before we talk about that, I, I want you to imagine uh, what it would look like in this world if there was no hospitality, right? Uh, which means uh, if, the, if hospitality didn't exist at all, you would never stop over a friend's house for a meal. You would never, uh, there would be no Thanksgiving dinners or family gatherings because no one would want to open up the doors of their house to serve and to be hospitable, right? Um, you wouldn't have a place to stay when you're visiting a new city. Uh, there would be nowhere to eat. In fact, there wouldn't be any hotels or restaurants. Could you imagine? 
you never be able to enjoy a beverage with people that you care for or, or your friends. Uh, in other words, uh, it would be a sad, lonely world without hospitality. Um, now, I know uh, hotels and restaurants make a living off of uh, what they call hospitality, right? Um, but here's a starting point in helping you understand what it is if, if you if you don't know anyone in that town, right, and you stop at a hotel, they don't even know you, but they serve you food, they help you, and I know you got to pay for it, right? But having a gift of hospitality means that you're doing it, but you don't, you don't have to pay me anything. Hallelujah. And when you have the gift of hospitality, you do for others, because it's something that God has put in your heart to do, you're doing it for others, and you're not looking for anything back. I can go deeper into it, but I don't want to hold you too long. I've been holding you too, 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 too long. And I don't want to hold you too long. But let me close out with this because I think I've held you now for a little over an hour. Uh, so I'll just close out with this. Um, three things we can learn from Lydia, right? We already know she's the first convert here. Uh, and it was something unique was done this time because normally we said he would look for, if there was no synagogue, Jewish law said he had to look for 10 Jewish men in order to start a synagogue or a place where he could sit and teach and preach. Uh, and he would not preach the law, but he would explain to them how Jesus came to fulfill the law. And he would go into preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, but he could not do that uh, but he found a group of women to preach to. And the first convert, the first one to say yes, hallelujah. And we know then from reading these few verses about her, not only that she had her own business, but uh, that she had a prayer life. Uh huh. She didn't really know God at first the way that she should have known, but she prayed. She had a sincere desire. Uh huh. Verse 13, and on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. Hallelujah. And I know folks may have talked to them. I'm looking at them, uh, looking down there preaching to them women. Uh, but he preached the word of God. And then a certain woman by the name of Lydia. Here comes Lydia. We find out. Uh, and she was a worshiper. She prayed, she worshiped, uh, she was a seller of purple, but we know she was a worshiper because the Bible says in verse 14, a certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple in the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God. Hallelujah. The next thing we've learned that she had an open heart. She heard the word of the Lord. She opened she had an open heart. She heard the word of the Lord, and she opened her heart. He knocked on the door, and she opened it, and he came in. He can't come in if you don't open the door for him. A certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which Paul spoke. So her heart was open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Her heart was open. Then she was given to service 
and hospitality. Acts 16, 15. And when she was baptized, her household, she besought us saying, if you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come on into my house. Let me open my, the doors of my house and be hospitable to you. And she constrained us. She means she persuaded us to come in the house. Come on in the house. Let me show you some hospitality. I want to show the Lord how grateful I am for he changing my life. It happened everywhere now, everywhere the gospel was being preached and those whose lives were changed. Hallelujah. Service. How can I serve in the kingdom? What can I do in hospitality? You don't have to give me anything for it. I just want to do what the Lord is leading me to do. Hasha, I want to be a blessing to someone else. Hallelujah. I hope this lesson has helped. Uh, we talked about Lydia tonight, and I hope we have been blessing you uh, these weeks that we have been coming to you through the word of the Lord. I don't want to hold you too much longer. I held you a long time last week. I'm enjoying myself in the word, but I want to pray a special prayer. There may be someone who, who has been following us. You have been connecting with us, and you're close but you want to get even closer. Yeah. I've been going to church. I was a member of a church. I've been, I've been showing up to church. Even during this pandemic, I've been following church, even clicking service to service, hearing different messages. I pray, I worship, but I want to get even closer. I want to know him in an even better way. I, 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 I hear the word, but now I want to come to a place where I, I want to be saved. You may not have even been baptized in Jesus' name. Lydia heard the word. She was baptized, and her whole house followed her. I dare say, I don't know who I'm talking to, but once you give your life to the Lord, and this is why you've been having so much of a struggle, the enemy's been fighting, because once you say yes to the Lord, hallelujah, and they see the change in your life, yeah, she had money. She had a business. She was a prayer and a worshiper, but she hadn't heard the gospel yet. And once she heard it, she hurried up and she got baptized. I believe the rest of your house will follow and say, I want what mama has. I want what daddy has. If I'm talking to you, hallelujah, you want to be baptized, I, I want you to send me that request We'll make sure that you're baptized in Jesus' name, admin at grtdc.org. I'm going to pray a special prayer for you. I want you to put your name in the comment section, won't you? Even of, of those in your household that you want to be saved. Yes, and, and even if you want, I want my children saved. I want my husband saved. Hallelujah. I want my whole family saved. And perhaps it will start with you once they see a change in you. I don't just want to be a, a church goer, but I want to be in the church triumphant. I, I want, I'm close, but I want to be closer. Because when you get saved, when, when God really delivers you, you can say, I'm closer, but I want to get even closer. Hallelujah. Glory, I feel the power of God right now. I want to pray for you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I don't know their name, but you know who they are. I see their names 
popping up on this Hashama glory one by one, one by one. Change, deliverance, rearrange some things in their life. Save, Father. And those, I'm, I'm confessing it by faith, those souls that want to be baptized, I pray that after they have given their lives to you, you'll take them to a place in you that they've never been before. Hallelujah. And the more of you they receive, the more of you they'll want. The whole house, I claim it in Jesus' name. Come on, say it with me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, send in those requests. And someone from my staff will contact you and will connect you to a church. They will baptize you in Jesus' name. Retire with you. You will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And if you're in this area, we'll make arrangements for you to be baptized. Hallelujah. I'll baptize you myself. I baptized a, a woman a few weeks ago. And you know, I'm a little fella. I don't know if she baptized me or if I baptized her, but she went down in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I thank God for it. People are saying yes to the Lord. And I got a feeling Hallelujah, that her whole house is coming on in to the kingdom because she gave her life to the Lord. Hallelujah. She was close, but she said, I want to get even closer. The Lord bless you tonight. If you want to make a donation to this ministry, you want to pay your tithes, our technician will put that on the screen. And just follow those instructions. You may plant your seed. And those of you who are uh, in Bible study with us from the Bronx in the New York area, Refuge Temple Annex, our sister church, you may use Givelify. I want to take this time to thank everyone that uh, came to the birthday parade on, on this past Saturday. It was awesome. Had a red carpet out. Uh, Lady Fields and I enjoyed ourselves. Thank you so much for the love that you have shown towards me. I, I, I love being your pastor, uh, and it's not just because of what you did for me. Uh, it's because of what I'm doing for the Lord. I love you. I love you. Saints of God and Refuge Temple Annex, I love you. I really do. Lady Fields and I love you so much. You made our hearts glad, uh, and we receive all of that love. The Lord bless you, and I'm looking forward now uh, to next week. Um, if the Lord says so, we'll meet again. Same time, same station. But until then, three things I want you to do. Mm -hmm. Be careful, be prayerful, be holy. Shalom, shalom.